for 30 plus years. I've seen every type of child grow up. It's always a delight to just talk about how we leave a legacy for generations to come. Don't let emotions win. Let truth win. It's been able to change into a time of my life that I am grateful for. You moms and dads are wired with everything you need to be a parent to a great kid. Welcome to Parenting Great Kids, Episode 1, What Your Kids Want Most. I'm your host, Dr. Meg Meeker, and parents, how exciting is this? This is our very first episode, and I want you first and foremost to know that this podcast exists for you. Every day, you're out there trying to navigate your kids through a world you may not even understand. I know that I don't. Technology is overwhelming. Knowing when to put your foot down is scary, and trying to maintain consistency is really hard. And as a mother, I know the trenches you're in. As a pediatrician, I've sat and listened to thousands of parents who are confused, broken, and even lack hope. So friends, let's take hope back. Parents, let this podcast be your safe haven. I want every single episode to be your source of refreshment when your well runs dry. I purposely handcraft every one of these episodes to tackle the very things that you're running into every single day. I'll engage you on social media. Many of you wrote to me, you submitted questions, I answer the questions, and they will be featured. I'm actually featuring a marvelous question in this episode that you do not want to miss. Should I let my child have a cell phone to take to school? So it's my mission in every one of these episodes to give you three simple takeaways. I'll call them points to ponder. They're parent ready and you'll be able to activate them right away. I'll have amazing guests on from time to time, and sometimes I'll share a story spotlight with you, and that's where you will meet real people with real problems and real solutions. I'm actually featuring a story spotlight in this episode about an independent filmmaker father and his two sons. And just a reminder, don't just listen or download an episode. Click the subscribe button next to the title of this podcast and tell your friends and family the same. I appreciate it. It helps us a ton, but it also helps you because when you subscribe, these episodes automatically go into your show feed. So friends, thank you for listening to this first episode, What Your Kids Want Most. Do you know what they really want? Want to know what it is? It's just you and your time. It may not be the kind of time you've been spending with them. It's definitely not requiring you to reinvent the wheel. And it's really not rocket science, moms and dads. If you haven't been giving your time to your kids, don't worry. You can start right now. Forget about yesterday. Stay with me right here and right now because we are going to make parenting a whole lot simpler and a whole lot more fun. Let's get social. I want to hear from you and interact with you. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or go to megmeekermd.com and click on the links. You can send me a question on Facebook or email it to askmeg at megmeekermd.com. Again, that's askmeg, A-S-K-M-E-G, at megmeekermd.com. Our first question comes from Jessica, who has a marvelous question, and it is... 
Should I let my child have a cell phone at school? Boy, I get this question all the time, Jessica. So thanks for asking it. Think about something, parents. Every time you give your child a cell phone to take to school or anywhere, you are handing him or her distraction. Okay, think about yourself with your cell phone in your pocket or in your purse or or in your back pocket. When you have that phone with you, what are you thinking about? You want to check your email, you want to check your text, you might want to look at pictures and so on and so forth. And when a child goes to school with a cell phone, this is my experience and I've got a lot of experience with it. When a child goes to school with a cell phone, all they want to do is look at their cell phone. And I don't think that's fair to the child. I don't think it's fair to the teacher. A sixth grader I just talked to recently said, you know, Dr. Meeker, I have a hard time concentrating at school because a lot of my um, friends around me have their cell phones out and they're either texting or they're dinging on their phone or they're looking on the internet and I always want to see what they're looking at. So it's really hard for me. And I said, well, why don't you go tell the principal or tell the teacher? And she said something very sad. She said, I have told the teacher, but the teacher has just really given up. Look, friends. School's hard enough for your third grader, your second grader, your seventh grader, or your junior in high school. It's hard enough. You have a hard time wanting that child to focus on their studies, so don't make it harder. Don't let them take their cell phone to school. Now, I know a lot of you want to let your kids take cell phones to school, and here's the most common reason I hear. Well, all my kids' friends have their cell phones at school. So let me ask you this. Do you want to parent your kids or do you want to parent your kids' friends? You parent your way. The second most common reason I hear is this. Well, what if my son or daughter needs me? Well, I'm telling you, friends, my kids all went through high school and they're still alive. And I even have a couple grandbabies. So I think your kids are going to survive if they don't have a cell phone. You say, yes, but Dr. Meeker, my son is on the traveling hockey team and he goes all over the country. And if he needs me or he's hurt, he needs to be able to call me. All right. You know, let him take it on the road when he goes away with his soccer team or your daughter goes away with her soccer team, something like that. If you send it to school, you better have a heart to heart with that child about making sure that cell phone stays in the backpack. Now. If your child has a cell phone, I strongly recommend you don't give your child a cell phone until they're in seventh grade. I know you're going to guess, but I feel strongly about that because when you give your child a cell phone, you're giving a whole lot of people out there that you don't know access to your child. Ask yourself, do you want that? No cell phones till seventh grade. Second, if your child has a cell phone and even if he's in high school, no internet. Oh, I can't do that. He needs the internet. No, he doesn't need the internet. He can get on the internet on his laptop, his computer at home. Look, kids are overloaded with screen time. So not giving your teenager access to the internet over his cell phone may seem archaic to you. But let me tell you, I promise you this. Your kids will grow up to say thank you when they're 25. If they don't say thank you, they could look at you when they're 25 and go, Mom, What in the world were you thinking? No cell phones till seventh grade. Please keep them out of the classroom. No internet connection if you do have a cell phone. And remember, parent your kid, not your neighbor's kid. Our next question comes from Annika. And the question is, how long should mom or dad be gone? And I assume she means how long should a mom or dad be away from children? 
Now, I don't know if she's talking about on a daily basis, weekly basis, or over months, but here are some general rules. The length of time a parent can stay away from a child without it disrupting the child psychologically and so forth. It depends upon the child's age. Children under age four don't understand that when you leave home, you are going to come back in a certain amount of time. Once they see you go, they don't know whether you're going to be gone for a minute, a week, or a year. So it can be frightening for young children to have mom and dad leave. If you have a job, your child will begin to understand by experience day after day after day, oh, mommy leaves in the morning and mommy comes home after my nap time. The next day, mommy leaves in the morning, mommy comes home after my nap time. I will tell you, and I'm, I'm not doing this to put a guilt trip on anybody, because obviously I'm a working mom, and I always was a working mom, but I do feel strongly that parents parent their children, that they don't just hand their children off for somebody else to parent, because I've seen a generation of children grow up, and I know what it takes to help your kids be emotionally and psychologically healthy by the time they're 25. If you spend more than three full days a week away from your child... That means that the child is spending more time away from his or her parents than with his or her parents. This means, mom and dad, if you both work full time, please find a way to tag team where one of you is at work while the other's at home. Maybe you need to work different shifts. And studies have actually showed that if you go beyond three days a week away from your child and you're working, it really is much harder on your kids. If Annika was talking about how long can I leave my kids, like she's planning on a trip to Europe or something, I think, again, it depends on how young your children are. If your children are over five, they can understand mommy's going to be gone for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. It's going to be in the hands of a loved one like dad or grandma or grandpa. It's going to be okay. Mom will come home. And that loved one can reassure your child, yes, mom and dad will come home. And cognitively, the child will be able to understand you're coming back, and emotionally, the child will not feel abandoned because he understands that you're coming back. Annika, I hope that helps give you some guidance. Again, I'm not about making parents go on a guilt trip here, but my job is to advocate for kids. Keep sending in your questions at askmeg at megmeekermd.com. Again, that's askmeg at megmeekermd.com. get into it, parents. When it comes to what your kids want most, I want to offer you three points to ponder. First, your child's value comes from knowing that you want his company. Now, think about this. Many parents say, they come into me and they say, you know what? I'm worried about my child's self-esteem. I'm worried about her sense of value. And then they say, what can I do to make her feel better about her life? And usually they give me a list and the list goes something like this. Well, I think I can sign her up for piano lessons because I know she'll be better at the piano. I think she might have a talent for ice skating. So I'm going to investigate ice skating. Maybe she needs more friends or the right kind of friends. In short, what these parents give me is a list of things they can sign their kids up for to get them to perform at something well or better so that the kids can feel better about life. Well, go ahead and try. This is the tiger mom sort of stuff. You get what I'm talking about. 
helping your kids be better at something that they can see so that they learn to feel better about themselves. And that's what we parents are trained to understand as helping our kids build better self-esteem. In fact, it doesn't build their self-esteem. Their value comes from knowing that you, mom and dad, want his or her company. Why? Child's identity is formed by spending time with you. Every time you walk into a room, mom or dad, your child, whether she's two or 22, reads you for clues about what you think about her. What do you like about her? What do you see about her? Do you even notice that she walked into the room? You see, a child's value comes from understanding what you, mom and dad, believe about them. It doesn't come from stuff they do really well. It comes from knowing that you want to be with them. So the more time you spend with them, the more chance they have to build their sense of value. Second point to ponder, your child simply wants more of you. They don't want more stuff. They don't want more entertainment, and they don't want more things to do. If I had a nickel for every time I heard a sophomore in high school tell me they are so tired of being run around all over the countryside, you think your son wants to be on the travel hockey team, you think your daughter wants to be an Olympic swimmer, you think your daughter needs to play soccer at a Division I school, have you ever Asked your son or daughter, I'm telling you, when kids are run around and given a long list of things to do, they know exactly what's going on. And that's this, that their parent feels they need to perform well at stuff so they will feel better. They, the parent, will feel better about life. Doesn't make your kids feel better about life. Is it fun? Sometimes. Many times, though, it goes beyond the point of diminishing returns. When kids do too much stuff, they get tired and they feel like puppets. What every child has told me as they look back over their years living at home with you, mom and dad, every child has said to me, I wish I had more time with my mom and more time with my dad. Why? You say, well, I've had a bad relationship with my kids. Doesn't matter. Your child wanted more time with you to heal and more time to have a stronger relationship with you. Every child, whether you're in a good relationship or a bad relationship, wants more time with you. Now, I know if you have a 16-year-old out there, you're rolling your eyes going, yeah, 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 but you've never met my daughter. Every time I walk into the room, she rolls her eyes and she runs. I've met your daughter. I've had so many kids in my practice that are really hard nuts to crack. And I'll tell you something. When I see a child who won't talk to a parent, who is very uncomfortable, is very snarky, who is always rolling their eyes, it tells me that child feels very badly about who they are. It has nothing to do with you, and it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with how that child feels about him or herself. Your child simply wants, and I'll say needs, more of you. Third point, nothing meets your child's needs more than having your attention. Moms, what do you want at the end of the day? Let's imagine all the kids are in bed. You've had a really rough day, horrible day. 
you sit down with a bowl of ice cream, maybe a glass of Chardonnay, uh, maybe a good book. Maybe you just turn on a no-brainer television program. You just sit there and you're so exhausted. What do you want? You want somebody who loves you to walk into the room, sit next to you, look you in the face and say, how are you? How are you? And just listen to what you have to say. When someone gives you their undivided attention, it communicates to you a couple of things. I see you. I love you. I want to hear from you. And isn't that what every wife really wants from her husband? I do from my husband. Nothing makes you feel more loved than getting someone's attention. If your husband's attention means that much to you, fathers, if your wife's attention means that much to you, now turn yourself into a six-year-old little boy or girl who isn't used to being seen, who isn't used to being heard, who feels very sketchy about life. Can you imagine how that child sitting at the kitchen table, coloring, working his Play-Doh, doing his homework, feels when you, dad, the hero in his life, walks over, sits down next to him, looks at him in the eyes and says, put your pencil down, stop coloring just for a minute. How are you doing? And how's your day? And how's life going? Talk to me. You want to know what happens to that child's value? It goes through the roof because the largest person in his life, dad, who is you, just gave him attention. Three points. First, your child's value comes from knowing you want his company. Two, your child simply wants and needs more of you. And three, nothing, nothing meets your child's needs more than having your attention. So don't fall prey to peer pressure, friends. I know you want to sign them up for all those sports. We'll talk about that later. But that's not what gives your kids a great self-esteem. You know, I have the greatest job in the whole wide world being a pediatrician because I get to see life from behind a child's eyes. And I think that's why some of my books are really, really popular because I try to allow parents to see how their children see them. We see parenting from our vantage point, but we sometimes need to peek into a child's world. Many of you know me from my book, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, which shows a father what his important role looks like through the eyes of his daughter. Well, this week, I am so excited to announce that my new Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters devotional is available this week. Go beyond the book with 52 devotionals to help fathers of all walks of life learn what they need in order to be the kind of fathers their daughters really want. It's available on Amazon and at your local bookstore. And don't forget, it makes a great gift for Father's Day. Friends, listen in on a story spotlight called Action about an independent filmmaker father and his two sons. walking from the sink into the dining room area uh, so he needs to be able to fluidly walk through there so give him space and we do have audio on this so everyone needs to be completely quiet the voice you're hearing is david he's an independent filmmaker he's one of thousands of storytellers who pursues film outside of his day job we have audio rolling go ahead and turn the light on 
It was starting to become a habit that I was away from home quite a bit. We were on the set a lot. I was on location a lot. That was a great first take. We'll do it again. As much as he loves telling stories, it's what waits for him at home that he cares most about. His family. Rolling. All right, action! Launching into something that was going to be extremely time-consuming was going to take its toll on my family. I knew that if I wanted to have time with them, um, time with my kids, I was going to have to schedule it and make it happen. I began to realize that I had an opportunity to be a father in the midst of all that. My dad asked me to come on to his film set and everybody was moving around. There's a lot of hustle and bustle going on. That's Jacob. He's the oldest of three children that David and his wife share. My oldest son is a natural director. He'll probably be a far better director than I'll ever be. So I thought there needs to be some opportunities where I can actually allow him to shine or even at least see what you know he could do later on if he wants to follow that. And I decided to let him actually direct one of the scenes. All right, here we go, people. 15 apple shot two, take one. Marker. It was one that I had to carefully put together so that I wasn't putting too much responsibility on him. Everybody there was a lot better at their jobs than I was at mine. They all had a lot of experience. Everybody was professional. Quiet on the set. That's actually Jacob calling the shots at age 15, surrounded by a professional cast and crew. It was kind of difficult for me at first just because I didn't really know the movie as well as my dad did or as well as the main character did. But working with my dad, I was slowly able to figure out what's going on and do the best I could with that scene. He got to give my lead actor direction. Uh, He told him where to go. And what was really fun was when the lead actor asked him a couple of follow-up questions that he didn't have any answers to, uh, he would just look at me and I would look away so that he would have to stay engaged and actually answer those questions. It was an actual opportunity to take something that I felt confident in and uh, get to do that with my dad. As soon as the scene was done, my lead actor, he went into another room to be by himself, to collect. So I told my son, hey, there goes your actor. Go tell him what a good job he did. Go affirm him. And so he did. And that was so fun to watch him do that. And while it may sound cliche, probably my favorite thing was just to hear him say, And action. David's other son, Zach, was only 12 years old when they shot the film. My middle son is a great actor, and I actually thought it would be really fun to throw him into a flashback sequence where he played the main character at a younger age. When my dad sat down next to me, he just kind of told me he wanted me to keep my voice low and kind of get like a sad kind of feel. Zachary, your eyeline is perfect like that. That's perfect, buddy. Get really sad. I was a little nervous, but of course I was still... 12 years old back then. He brought really great ideas to it, and I just remember us really connecting and talking a lot through that. It was a lot of fun. I thought it was really cool that he wanted to uh, incorporate me. David decided to reconfigure the script so that his son Zach would deliver the line of dialogue that would become the message of the film. Remember the question that we always have to ask ourselves? Am I getting farther away or closer to the life that I want to live? For me to be there with him was so meaningful. It's hard for me even to put into words. 
that just made the whole experience like a very unique and special experience to me that I'm going to hold on to for a long time. He wanted to be with us while he was working on the project. That made me feel really good that he was still trying to be around us as much as he could. They had an active role in my story, and they felt like they were needed. And the greatest thing about that project for me was that I got to be a dad. Any parent, no matter where you are, you can start fresh in your parenting. I know what it takes for parents to raise a kid to be successful and happy and a good, strong adult. I know what it takes because I've seen thousands of kids over my years grow up. I know what works and I know what doesn't work. That's why I write books to parents. That's why I do podcasts for parents, not to the kids, because you hold all the power. If I can help you feel better about your parenting, enjoy your parenting. Yep, you can enjoy even a snarky 16-year-old. Yep, you can enjoy a strong-willed three-year-old who's making you pull your hair out. And the first place you need to start is with those three points I told you about. First, your child's value. Put your child's name in there. Billy's value comes from knowing that I, his mom or dad, want to be with him every single day. What do you have to do this week? You've got a bunch of errands to do. Look at Billy and say, hey, why don't you join me on these errands? I just want to be with you. I guarantee you, you're going to see your child stand taller. You're going to see her talk a little more assertively. You're going to see your child laugh a little bit more. When was the last time you laughed with your kids? Right? When was the last time that you sat down and really just busted a gut in front of a funny television show? Second, your child simply wants more time with you. Just find something fun to do. Schedule it if you need to. Maybe you and your son have never bowled. Well, take them bowling this Saturday night. Moms, maybe you're not crafty, but your daughter is. Sit down and figure out how to learn to knit. I know you won't like it, but you'll have a blast doing it with your daughter because neither of you knows what you're doing. And finally, nothing meets your child's needs more than having your attention. I've literally seen thousands of children grow up. Here's one thing I know for sure. If you are about the business of meeting your kids' biggest needs, you don't have to worry about the small stuff. And nothing meets your child's needs more than having your attention. It comes from sitting face to face with you. We did it, friends. We started. We are taking back hope. We are taking back parenting, and we are making life simpler. Until next time, parents, remember, great kids are raised, not born. Thank you for listening to Parenting Great Kids. And just a reminder that Dr. Meg's new Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters devotional is available this week on Amazon. If you'd like to tell us what you think, write us a review. And to catch future episodes, be sure to click subscribe. And as always, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Meg Meeker. 